I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is brought to you by Spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Yan. Hi, I'm Yvonne. Welcome to Lost and Refound Podcast. We're a podcast discussing our personal journeys as modern Asian women and sharing inspiring stories from within our community. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lost and Refound Podcast. Hi, Yvonne. Hi, Yan. So today we have a more serious topic than our other episodes. Um, As we know, COVID-19 has been the topic of 2020. It is literally the theme of 2020. And I think all of us had hoped at the beginning that this pandemic will be over by the end of this year. But Mm -hmm. as we got towards the end of the year, we realized that's not happening. And then um, in early December, California issued another lockdown where everything is now closed, all the restaurants are closed, and it's impacting a lot of small businesses. So I was doing some research on Forbes, and it said, this is an article from Forbes, and I think this came out in October. And it said um, just the two months, just within the first two months of the pandemic, 40% of the restaurants in America have already closed. Just two, 40%? Mm-hmm, two months into the pandemic. That's crazy. And 8 million restaurant employees were out of work. And that's three times more than any other industry. And the National Restaurant Association conducted a survey of 6,000 restaurants and 250 supply chain businesses from November 17th to November 30th. And through this survey, they found um, 79% of restaurants say that their total sales in October was lower than it was a year ago, which we all kind of assumed, but with sales being down an average on 29%, which is, I think it's, these are, I think are going to be some of the bigger restaurants. What I've heard is the smaller mom pop restaurants, the private owned restaurants are suffering much worse than the bigger restaurants. Of course, like and franchises, I'm sure, like are they're they're just padding, they're helping out uh, like other individual stores, like a little bit more bigger corporations. There's international pool, like you, we really have to find a way to kind of support our that local that local community. Yeah, which so much is bred and um and grows. With yeah, these and they don't, businesses. and they're usually these local smaller business. They don't get the aid that these bigger restaurants which are owned by bigger corporations that can lobby through government but these smaller right. businesses are the ones that just don't get any help and, and especially like phil like when he was talking about um all the loans um that he has to fight that's work that's manpower that you also have to do as well as running your business and planning out your run rate and, and everything like 
like that. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but like you, you, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's like almost applying for student loans while applying up for college at the same time. It takes, it takes so much effort. Um, and I, I have so much sympathy and the fact, like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people that I know that, um, are in the restaurant business, in the hospitality business, they're there to make people happy. They're not there to be millionaires. I don't mm-hmm. know anyone going in thinking I'm going to be a millionaire. If they are, that's amazing. That's, but that's really a it's side hard. Effect. Restaurant is a hard business. It's- it's a hard business. It, I mean, you have to be happy and you're spreading joy. That's what you're in the business for. You're spreading joy and happiness um, and connecting and, commu- and like and communicating with others. Mm-hmm. Um, so just knowing that it's affected so many people so heavily and some people um, to, to never open again. I, I really do hope that we, we will have a change in 2021, um, specifically for that industry, because that is, that is one that I hope will come back again. Yeah, I do too. So we are really lucky. We just uh, finished interviewing Phil Chen, who is the owner of Alchemist Bar and Lounge and Woodbury Bar and Grill in San Francisco. And, you know, he shared a lot of the insights of, you know, how his establishments endured in 2020 and what he looks forward to in 2021. So we hope you enjoy listening to this episode. And we are very thankful for Phil to come on and be so candid and and speaking to us as consumers who do not see that side of, of the struggles that restaurant owners and bar owners are going through right now. So we're very thankful. And then we hope you enjoyed this episode. So without any further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Phil. Hey, Yan. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming to our podcast. I know this is a busy season for you, planning for 2021. <laughs> Yeah, it would be the busiest season for us if not for I know this year. So it's actually uh, driving me crazy that I'm so not busy. <laughs> so. I know. I'm so sad because I saw you guys built like a whole outdoor section to your bar and your restaurant and it looks beautiful. And you were having like comedy nights. And I was literally telling Sable, I'm like, maybe we should go to one of these comedy nights. Uh. <laughs> and then the lockdown happened again. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really unfortunate. But before we get into the discussion, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah. So yeah, my name is Phil. Uh, I own the Alchemist Bar and Lounge and Woodbury uh, Bar in uh, the Soma District of San Francisco. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've owned the bars since, t- uh, I mean, 2013. So we're, uh, you know, we, we celebrated our seventh year at the beginning of the pandemic and, uh, we're hopefully going to celebrate our eighth year at the tail end of the pandemic. Let's let's, um, so that is, uh, that would be a great anniversary gift next year, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, I, you know, uh, I guess I've, I've been kind of like an accidental restaurateur. I didn't expect to get into to this business or be as involved as I have been. Um, but, you know, it's been one of those um, great blessings in disguise because it's, it's such a rewarding thing to, uh, pre-pandemic to be able to, you know, have these establishments and watch so many people gather and celebrate. And uh, uh, so, yeah, so, you know, we're just really excited to hopefully get on the road to recovery so we can kind of uh, reopen our establishments and uh, kind of uh, maybe bring back the roaring 20s of the 2020s. Let's Let's hope. Both of your bars, actually, your bar and your bar restaurant, they're both really popular. Thank you. You know, so I know you are doing really, really well before the pandemic hit. So talk to us a little bit about how business has changed from 2019 to 2020. Well, yeah, I mean, the difference is completely drastic, right? Um, you know, so 
Uh, if you guys are not familiar, if anyone out there is not familiar with uh, Soma or South Beach area of San Francisco, where, where our bars are located, um, is, is uh, like kind of Southern Soma, so closer to South Beach. Uh, we're actually a block away from formerly AT&T Park. Now it's called Oracle Park and just uh, less than a mile away from the brand new Chase Center. Um, so as you can imagine, you know, our neighborhood um, started as just being industrial warehouses, but when we moved in and it was on, on the rise and, you know, we, we, we caught the boom of the tech industry uh, and also the boom of the Giants winning World Series championships, followed by the many, many NBA championships uh, from the Golden State Warriors. So, um, so in the, in, in the pre-pandemic times, you know, our businesses, um, is generally uh, very, very busy from both events, concerts, games happening nearby, and also um, the, the startups in our area that were thriving, celebrating, uh, there's, there's conventions, there's holiday parties. Um, uh, there's just so much going on in our neighborhood that we're, we were very blessed to be uh, able to be fairly busy all the time. Uh, fast forward to 2020, and um, you know, I would say the beginning of the year, we actually had no idea what was in store for us a few months away. Uh, we started the year looking to, uh, to just incredibly, incredibly busy, just right off the bat, literally to the point where people were booking holiday parties in January because normally we're booked up so early. Um, we were in the midst of booking um, a, a big party with Oculus for the GDC wow. convention. Um, that was pretty much a sealed deal. We just booked Facebook Global Summit um, for that. And right before that, we have booked several events um, for the RSA conference and also game launches. So in the beginning of the year, we really had no idea. We were, we were thriving. We were incredibly busy with private events. Um, and, you know, we were just geared. It was just looking like it was going to be a record year for us. Um, Come, 20, come February, I think it was right around February 20th when we really started to realize things were going south. Um, uh, contracts were being delayed, not being signed. Um, and before you knew it, events started canceling um, and it just snowballed. Um, I think uh, from the end of February, we were quite speechless and shocked at what was actually happening. We didn't really know, um, you know, I think every, Every extreme um, disappointment in February could not have compared to what actually was going to happen in mid-March, being totally shut down. We were just focused on these, you know, mini disappointments along the way. Uh, and then, um, but, you know, in mid-March, we uh, got a lot of warnings, some for, like rumblings within the community saying like, hey, I think we're going to have to shut down. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, come March 15th, we closed and you know, it was very, you know, the, the messaging was, oh, we're closing for two weeks. Uh, didn't realize we'd be kind of back to uh, where we were in March now in uh, December. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, I think, I think for most places, you know, I, if you want to talk about how business was affected, it really went from 100 to zero, right? There was, uh, you know, I think for a lot of us, especially that were more bars and restaurants um, and we didn't have existing takeout businesses or delivery businesses, it really was a, a hundred to zero. There wasn't a 50%, 70%, 90% reduction in business. It was literally just, you know, it just cut off. Um, so yeah, so that was the big impact, I, I would say, uh, in the beginning. And then, of course, we started to pivot after that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, this has obviously affected 
it's affected everyone in the world, but especially really affected small businesses, but especially mm-hmm. for restaurants and bars, because you can't really take your business online. You know, right, like there are delivery right. services, but delivery services charge so much. I know they charge such a heavy percentage yep. on restaurants that it's not, you're really not making that much money, even if you go through delivery. Are you seeing right. that same, are you having that same issue? Right, right. So, you know, um, yeah, kind of going back to what you were saying, I mean, like, you know, we were one of the hardest hit industries. And it's funny because going into the bar business or restaurant business, people used to tell me, oh, bars are this recession proof business, right? Because when people were sad or, or upset, they drink. And when they're celebrating, they drink. But we didn't know that <laughs> we were definitely not pandemic proof, right? We pandemic were the first to go. But going back to what you were saying, you know, the pivot was, you know, in mid-March, we were closed for two weeks. And then the ABC um, allowed us to do cocktails to go and food to go. Um, you know, for us, that's never done that before. Um, you know, we weren't on you know, the DoorDash. We weren't, we were, weren't really on Uber Eats or anything like that. So I just, uh, I actually built our, we built our own website. And um, luckily for us, like in the, you know, before this happened, we were starting to build our, our, our beverage catering business. So we had a website in the works. So I quickly pivoted at that and pivoted that and then uh, um, created website. You know, we, we got all our cocktails together, took pictures, threw it on there. And we kind of set up a system where everyone, we would take orders up until 2 p.m. on any given day. And then after that, it would cut off and then we would make all the drinks, package them, throw them in my car, and I would drive all around the city delivering them. So that was our quick way of figuring out how to do it was just kind of roll up your sleeves and do it yourself. Um, Little do we know, we ended up doing that for close to four months, I think. Um, so, so that was a quick, we were like probably one of the first um, to take advantage of the new relaxed rules and to start our start cocktail delivery. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, I didn't, I actually didn't really believe that it would work. I was like, no one's going to order cocktails for home. It's not the same as getting at the bar. Um, surprisingly, people did. I think it was because there was just lack of other things to do or, and, or this was kind of like a new fun thing to try. Um, so we were actually really, really happy and very grateful to our customers that actually gave it a shot and, and actually allowed me to get out there and drive and deliver to everybody and kind of share, uh, you know, kind of give us a little bit of purpose during a time where we felt very much lost. And it allowed, uh, allowed us to kind of, you know, we called it delivering a little bit of happiness to people who ordered from us. So. Yeah. yeah, well, I guess it's true, right? It's not recession proof. It's a, uh, it's a uh, pandemic proof. Oh, it's not. <laughs> not pandemic. It's proof. not pandemic proof. It is recession proof. So people right. are still drinking. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's really smart of you to pivot so fast because I know a lot of business took a long time to make that pivot. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people took a wait and see approach, and you know, me being easily bored was just like, I'll I'll do anything. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so we took advantage of every every kind of bone the the, the city or uh, any government agencies threw us, and we took advantage of uh, any kind of lifeline for us to kind of do something and survive. My mind is spinning, especially because I see that you're super creative and you're really a go-getter. Would you ever consider creating your own line of alcohol and selling that, creating your own assets? And so it's it's actually very interesting that you said that. So, uh, you know, for us, we, you know, I thought about it because we were, we kind of were, you know, we were making the bottles, creating the labels, we were branding everything ourselves, but really kind of in a DIY fashion, you know, uh, we've, we've kind of improved everything along the way, but 
um, you know, we I, I think a lot maybe in the future when business gets going, we would we actually had had some people reach out to us that were were thinking about creating a business where they would approach bars and restaurants and they would actually create canned cocktails, like professionally canned cocktails based on I our see. recipes. So we would go and tell them, give them our recipes or actually create everything. And they would actually kind of do the production process for us. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very, very cool because I think for a lot of us, you know, our main goal is to really operate a, a functioning restaurant with, with guests in them, right. you know, uh, you know, pivoting, you know, right off the bat to a full production of um, to-go drinks is a little bit more hurdles, I think. Um, and there are a lot of things that we, we don't know that we'd have to learn. Um, but, you know, I, I can definitely see, I, I, I'm, you know, one of the things that we're, most people are hoping will stay even after the pandemic ends is hopefully the ABC will allow to go and delivery cocktails to continue. Uh, we've, we've seen from this year that be allowing bars and restaurants to deliver and offer cocktails to go did not collapse. It did not turn everyone into, you know, drunken messes wandering the streets. So, um, so I think, you know, if, if cocktails to go are here to stay, um, we, and, and once business comes back and we have revenue to invest in something like that, I definitely think we will, we will try to kind of, you know, take our, take our to go game up a notch. I didn't realize it wasn't, alcohol wasn't allowed for delivery before. Oh yeah, definitely not. Because cannabis was, I just assume if cannabis was, alcohol would be too. (laughs) You know, I think um, maybe bottled. You know, if you you had, I think I think alcohol was allowed for delivery, but it was allowed for liquor stores and convenience stores. They have a different license than us. Business license is like us. Uh, We have a license, what's called an on sale license. Mm -hmm. On sale meaning the out the off alcohol has to be consumed on site. Um, but um, convenience stores, liquor stores, they have something called an off-sale license where the, where the alcohol cannot be consumed on site. It has to be taken out and consumed somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read in like, um, I think National Restaurant Association did a survey um, mm-hmm. in November on $6 restaurants and 59% of restaurants said that their overhead costs did not decrease even though their um, business has decreased. Was that same for you? Were you able to cut down some overhead costs? I'll assume rent where you are is very expensive. Yeah, rent's, rent's very expensive. And that's been, you know, the, 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 the biggest stress factor, I think, for all, all bar and restaurant owners right now, negotiating with landlords and figure out what to do. Um, yeah, I mean, that's been one of the biggest challenges because just because uh, we're told to close, you know, these these bills don't go away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the overhead cost did cut down when we had to lay off all our staff. Of course, there's no staffing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but we did get a PPP and we used that and we, we pretty much gave it all back to the staff because I think that was one of the big things was that if they're forgivable loans and the, uh, they're forgiven, if you, you know, use it to hire back your staff, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to trickle through down through us to the people that work for us. A lot of bar, bar and restaurant owners wanted to save the money, didn't know what to do. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I'm not sure what will happen if you didn't use it, but you might have to give it back. But we did, we, you know, we, we, we increased our costs by use, utilizing the money that we received from the PPP. The rent factor was another big challenge. You know, I, I approached our landlords in the very beginning and I said, hey, do you guys, are you guys, can you offer me any relief on the rent? And uh, they went back and said, hey, actually, you know, you can just pay half rent for now. So, so I thought that's great. Uh, we we're paying half rent and didn't say anything. Uh, fast forward to October and I get a bill that says, hey, by the way, um, thanks for paying half. You're still short a little bit. And also you owe us about $80,000. 
And I was like, wait, so you weren't giving me relief? <laughs> you know, so it turns out that no, they it just never, I, they maybe forgot to mention it or something. But, you know, I, and when I asked for relief, I meant, can you do something to relieve our rent? Uh, when they said half rent, I assumed they were just assuming a thing to half. Apparently they were just deferring the other half. And, oh my gosh. Uh, later, right? Um, and now it's gotten to a point where I think it's almost like a hundred thousand dollars. Oh my we're, gosh. We've been, we've been paying full rent on months that we were making money and we could. Um, but the challenge for us is that we have two, two, um, two locations in the same building and only one outdoor space. So only one, you know, it's only one stream of income, really, or one stream of revenue. So, you know, we're at a position now we're trying to figure out how to negotiate, you know, what we owe, what was deferred. Because, you know, where we stand, we're, we're actually fully shut down now. There's no revenue coming in and we're going into a new year uh, where the future is still uncertain. So the, here's the biggest challenge is that, like, for bars and restaurants that have been making little to no money this this year, trying to pay what they can in in rents and expenses and bills and you know a whole gamut of things. Um, they're you know they're paying what they can, but they're also accruing debt. So not only are they you know they're they're paying what they can, they're accruing debt, and they're and almost all of us I think will be going into 2021. Uh, and when we get to a point where we can open and business can come back, we will be opening with a a pretty large sum of debt hanging over our head. So we will, you know, there's going to be businesses that are going to be closing. There are going to be businesses that are going to be uh, hopefully being able to negotiate, you know, taking whatever sum they owe and, and distrib you know, distrib finding a payback plan over a number of years with their landlord. But overall, what's uh, scary is that, you know, we're going into a future where, you know, we're really just, we're just working towards being able to do business again and make some sort of revenue. But once, once we are there, our, our, our costs are actually going to be higher than they were pre-pandemic because not only are, we getting, are the existing um, cost of doing business going to be there, but we're also now having to pay back uh, accrued debt over, over 2020. Right. So, yes, it's, it's, uh, it's an uncertain and long road ahead. Sure. And I will assume it will take a while for business to ramp up to what it was before, right? Because people are just yeah. more cautious about going to bars and being right. close to people. It's it's definitely going to be different. I think it's going to be difficult and it's going to be very much uh, based on where you are, what neighborhood you're in. Mm -hmm. um, for us, you know, like we're in a neighborhood where there's not like, um, you know, just bars and restaurants lining the block, like literally our block, there's just us and there's a few places around us. And there's actually less places in our neighborhood now than more so many places have closed around us. Right. So the, the saving grace for us in a neighborhood that's not, it's, you know, our neighborhood is more of a business district than a neighborhood. It's uh, all the offices have been empty. So without happy hour business, without any of that, like it's been very difficult, but the, the, the saving grace for us is that there are, are so few businesses in our, in our neighborhood. Uh, and so the ratio between businesses and residents actually worked to our favor. Um, so we don't, I mean, we did fairly well when we opened for outdoor dining at the end of June. And we, you know, I think in, for us with outdoor diets or dining was just like saved us saved. I think it saved mm -hmm. a lot of businesses. Mm -hmm. it was, something was unexpected. We didn't think, you know, we didn't think we would be serving people in parking spots. You know, it, it was astounding to me to, to see the, like, you know, the revenue were generated. I was like, wow, you know, you're paying for this huge big space inside, but we were generating so much revenue from two parking spots. Eventually it grew to three parking spots, you know? So that was, um, you know, that was just such a silver plus, like a, a lifeline for us. Um, so what we're hoping is when we do get to open now with our inside, hopefully when we get to open both indoor and out, we'll have increased capacity with an additional, you know, space that we've built outdoors. 
So I'm, I'm hopeful for a fast recovery, but I guess only time will tell. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see. You mentioned uh, PPP, which is Paycheck Protection Program that was rolled out beginning of the pandemic. Um, have there been any other government and aid programs that you know restaurant owners like yourself can take advantage of? Or was that pretty much it? Uh, I mean, there was, I think there was the PPP. Some people applied for the EIDL, was the emergency disaster loan. Um, that could have been a loan or it, it came in a form of, a, of an advance. The advance meant if you got 10 grand advance, um, that was just an advance towards the PPP. So your PPP, you got 10 grand less, basically. Um, other than that, you know, there's been a number of grants out there throughout the year. There was a Facebook grant that we applied for and we actually were successful to get. It was a small amount, but it was like 2,500 per business. So that was pretty good. Um, there was the Salesforce grant, uh, which I don't know any bar and restaurant owners that received it because uh, the first first round of grants, they actually they they um, omitted anyone that served alcohol. If you're a restaurant or a bar, if you served alcohol, you weren't eligible. The second round we were, but I don't know if anyone that, that yeah, got it. Um, we also applied recently to a shared space grants from the city that would reimburse you up to five grand for how much you've spent on your parklets. That would be helpful. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything yet. And we also applied to the DoorDash grants and one of our businesses actually did get that. Uh, so that was, it was a small amount, it was like five grand or something like that, but hey, any, any amount helps. So, you know, we kind of, you know, just cast a wide net, applied to everything that's out there and just uh, hope for the best really. It's really unfortunate because I, you know, with this lockdown, we don't know how long it's gonna last. Supposedly right. it's supposed to be until January 8th, right? But as right, we know right. with the last lockdown, it just they just kept extending. Mm -hmm. So let's just hope that we can get through this wave much quicker yeah. than we were yeah. before. What are you hoping for 2021? I mean, realistically, I know we all hope to go out to normal, but realistically, what, what are you hoping? You know. I'm, I'm hoping, um, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, vaccine distribution ramps up and we can get a majority of the public vaccinated. I think that's, you know, I think the first thing is we have to, we have to realize that as much as us bar and restaurant knows want to open our, our businesses, you know, none of us are discounting that the health crisis is very real. Um, but of course we want to be, you know, we want to, there to be some sort of balance, right? So I'm really hoping for, uh, you know, you know, even just when we had outdoor dining and indoor dining open at 25%, that was enough to kind of keep us going. I'm just hoping for, uh, you know, I'm just hoping to be given the ability to make a living again, really, you know, just to just to get, be given the opportunity to, to, to run our business. I think, I think for a lot of us, you know, none of us are really sitting back um, just waiting for PPP and loans. Like all of us really would just rather uh, operate safely yes. and- and earn our living the way we, you know, have been doing all these years. We really don't want to hold our hand out and ask for the support. But you know, but if we are, but if you know, our right or our ability to operate is taken away, then of course I think it should be followed by some sort of financial support. Um, you know, I'm really hoping that we just come January, maybe after the holidays. I'm just hoping to see improvements in, you know, lowering case rates. I'm just hoping to see overall just everything on the up and up you know the death rate going down and 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 with the vaccine coming out i'm just hoping to see all of that followed by more openings you know i think i'm hoping that outdoor dining can open sooner rather than later i really don't think that it was um you know i don't think it was the right thing to do to close down outdoor dining i think it was actually going to cause more harm than it is uh, i think people need 
places to go and we put together put in together so many safety measures uh, for people to dine safely outdoors um i think you know i think and i think maybe we're one of all the 50 states that have actually closed outdoor dining so i'm really hoping that will come back and give us an ability to operate again um give people uh, something to do and outlets to be able to safely have food and drinks outside and i'm hoping that will be followed by hopefully indoor dining coming back once majority of the public is vaccinated and and we have a gradual rollout you know whether it's 25 percent 50 percent and followed by i'm hoping for you know concerts and sporting events to come back because that will uh be that will be that will be a game changer for where we are but and i'm hoping that eventually people can come back to offices and you know i'm hoping by late 2021 that we, you know, hopefully 2020 will be a distant memory and we can kind of move forward and kind of get back to our lives. Wow. There's like a lot to unpack, like just so much. I mean, you're such a positive person, like as well, because I feel like after talking to a lot of business owners too, like it's, you gotta be positive, right? And, right, right. Um, no matter what happens, but you're mm -hmm. clearly very, very, um, you're taking advantage of whatever you can, but also passing that on and just helping mm. other people, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Um, and, and spreading that joy and spreading that wealth, because I, I think we definitely need more of that. And uh, thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, I think that's kind of what, what this was all that kind of what Yan yeah, mentioned, we, we decorated our park, you know, I think, you know, Christmas, I love Christmas. I love the holidays. Normally, you know, we just search so much joy around this time of year. And, you know, normally we decorate the whole, both of our bars in, inside. And it was funny because the day I was going to go over there and do that, it was the day that they shut down out indoor dining. So uh, luckily I didn't because it saved me probably. <laughs> it would have been like 12 hours of decorating that would have been for, for nothing. But, you know, we, we also decorate, decorated parklets, uh, you know, and it was unfortunate because we did so um, based on the San Francisco guidance that they didn't plan on closing outdoor dining. Dining. So we we went all out and really decked out the outdoor park list because we wanted, you know, people to kind of just kind of get in, in the holiday spirit and have like a festive place that they can be around and kind of just take your mind off things. So we really did decorate, but it was an unfortunate. I was I think we decorated. I decorated it all and on Thanksgiving Day. I spent and then we had to that was like what, November 24th sixth or something and then yeah i think and then outdoor dining was closed december 6th so it was kind of a short we you know we didn't get to really and no one really got to enjoy that act <laughs> during the actual holiday but but it's still up um you know we're, we're open for takeout and delivery on new year's eve so we're gonna light up the parklets and set up a little takeout window and you know hopefully hopefully people will be able to walk by and 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 you know kind of get a little bit of <laughs> holiday joy before the year's over <laughs> Do you have any non-alcoholic options for people like me and Yan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our bar staff was, will be there, so they can make you like custom mocktails on the spot. So okay, perfect. Ooh, nice. yeah. So yeah, then we can we can drink those on the way down. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. I just kind of want to go back real quickly because I did see on Facebook that you're really frustrated with lack of warning from the city about uh -huh. closing the outdoor dining. Mm -hmm. How did that whole thing transpire? Because obviously from consumer, we don't see that. We just know things are closing. Yeah. But from you, yeah. like, how did that transpire? You know, so yeah, I mean, you know, I think here's the most frustrating thing about this year is that um, there, there have been no clear guidance or metrics as to when things open and shut, right? I think, I think we knew, you know, I think it would, 
things just changed so so fast towards I think uh, between this November December that you know I don't know if you guys remember but there was a week there where basically they said oh San Francisco is in the yellow now and uh, yellow meant that um, you know uh, indoor can open at 50 percent and outdoor uh, and then also stadiums can open at 25 percent and so it was like wow we're you know we're literally at the final tier and um, literally we went from yellow back to purple like within a matter of weeks right so so I think, you know, you know, you have the highest highs and you're like, oh, very, very hopeful during that time. And I think the messaging from the city was, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're not going to close outdoor dining. We're, we're in very good shape. And a lot of it was like, hey, we're not L.A. because, you know, Southern California has been performing really badly. So we all kind of looked at that and go, oh, at least we're not like that. We're nowhere close to that. So we, we must be good. We're going to be able to stay open. And just shortly after that, things started to go, you know, the case rate started getting higher. And, you know, with, and we weren't really told anything, but we kind of knew that we, we always kind of get rumblings like, oh, you know, Newsom's going to make an announcement. So indoor dining closed and, you know, we heard the announce. We didn't know what the announcement was, but the announcement was that, you know, the, that they're going to have these regional shutdowns if the ICU capacity went below 15%. So that was the metric, I think, from the, the, that announcement that we were all kind of, okay, we, we, we understand that metric. We we actually all agreed with it, a regional shutdown, meaning all the counties comply, we all shut down together. Um, so, you know, we were okay with that. Um, but the fact is, is this, the city has been kind of just operating their own timeline, then they decided to, you know, even though we had far fewer cases in surrounding counties, they still decided to shut down uh, ahead of the regional, the state order, which a lot of us didn't agree with, right? You know, I think uh, one is, it didn't make sense that you're shutting down San Francisco, but you can literally drive Five, 10 minutes to Daly City or mm -hmm. South San Francisco, and they're considered San Mateo County, and you can mm -hmm. dine. And so, uh, you know, it, it didn't seem like these orders were really that effective if not everyone was buying in. And we, and they also didn't provide any metrics to say, hey, we're, you know, this is the reason we're shutting you down early. It was kind of, it just seemed like, you know, we want to get be ahead of the game. Um, so that's kind of the frustrating thing is that, and then we were kind of given two days to, to, to do it, you know, and, and, and I, you know, and I kept on saying, you know, it's, you know, everyone, it's not a, you can't flip a switch, you know, to mm -hmm. just shut down a restaurant in two days, you know, it's just literally, uh, the livelihoods of like hundreds, maybe thousands of restaurant workers that is on the line and, you know, and you have food that's perishable and you have things that you've prepped and thing, you know, money you spent on your outdoor park There's so much that goes into operating that when they shut you down uh, just so abruptly, it is, uh, it's, you know, you're scrambling, you're almost, you don't just don't know what to do, you know? So, so that's, I think the, the, the frustration there is it was just really was not fair to so many people. And especially like, you know, business like us, it, it started to rain. we spent, we spent like almost $4,000 getting new roofs built. You know, we just had, you know, the new parklet framed out and decorated, you know, we did so many to prepare for the winter and then, and, you know, and then we were just pretty much cut off. So that was just a hard pill to swallow, I would say. There are so many businesses that have been around for so long and right. they are now permanently closed. They will not reopen. And it's just, it's, right. it's very sad. And, you know, what can we do as consumers to help outside of, you know, going to, to purchase food and getting deliveries? What else can we do to help restaurants? Can we like petition a government? What is that we can do? I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, supporting them as much as you can, you know, I think, I think we, you know, we all said, you know, definitely try to support them as much as you can. I think we're ordering to go and all that is pretty much their own, their only way of, 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 um, you know, making money right now. 
Um, if you do want to purchase a gift card, you know, I, people used to say that, you know, purchasing a gift card is kind of like giving a business a loan right now, you know, where they can get some extra capital, but, you know, and then when you can go back and, and enjoy it when things open up. So I think, I think a lot of those things will help. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much people are doing that in mass. I think a lot of people just miss being out and going out and, you know, the, you know, you can only order so much takeouts, you know, I, so I think the biggest thing I would say is when things do get open, um, go out there and support your business, you know, like, I think we're all looking forward to that recovery. Uh, and right now, you know, even like business like mine, we're a part partly hibernating, you know, we're trying to kind of um, make it through, you know, this winter and then, you know, really gear up to open. So I think that, you know, I would say like, get out there, you know, when business is open, please go and support them. Um, you know, they would, I think most people would love to see uh, customers, you know, <laughs> uh, filling their seats again. So, so I think that, I think, um, you know, people who have closed and unfortunately had had to close, it's very sad because, you know, uh, I think what's damage has already been done. It's been a whole year, you know, yeah. so we're at the tail end of it for the businesses like us that have held on, you know, we are, you know, desperately trying to run towards the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and when we get there, um, we're just hoping, you know, that they the customers will be there waiting for us. So, so I think that will be the, the biggest, the biggest thing to help uh, when things get back. Great. And we are, are pre-recording this. This episode will air second week of January, which if the lockdown does end on the 8th, it will be right around when, when the lockdown is, is over. So <laughs> right. what can the consumers, what can we expect if we want to go to, you know, I, I'm assuming it's Woodbury that's open for outdoor dining. Yeah, right. Woodbury is open for outdoor dining, but the, our outdoor space is actually called the Alchemist Cocktail Garden. Oh, um, So yeah, cocktails from Alchemist. Uh, food from Woodbury. So okay. it, it's a mix of both. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if, and when lockdowns do end, um, we will blast it on all our social media channels. Our websites will be up, will be our reservations will be available via Yelp and our websites. Um, walk-ins are available. You can call the phone number. You'll end up talking to me. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we will be open in full force when it does happen. And, um, and, you know, we're definitely very much looking forward to that. So, and, you know, and I think that the, the, the hope is that when we do open, uh, it will be permanent. We will not hopefully yes. be facing any more closures going forward. So, so yeah, we're very much looking forward to that day. <laughs> Let's all pray for that. Yes, yes agreed. <laughs> Absolutely. Then I had more of a definition question because um, yeah. when I was talking to a couple friends about mm -hmm. their businesses, some of them were in construction, mm -hmm. um, a, a really hard pill for them to swallow was the fact that the government and the public had defined who was essential. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was really hard for a lot of people saying like, well, is my job, is my livelihood not essential? Mm -hmm. And was that something that you had to like speak with your staff and also talk to um, your family about to kind of define that? I think so. I mean, I think, I think like, um, yeah, I mean, the idea of essential workers, I mean, I think we all kind of know what they meant. Um, you know, you know, we, we meant people that were essential for the survival right? Uh, right but you know i think uh, as for survival and i can see that like grocery store workers and hospital workers and frontline i think that's that's very very fair um i think you know now we're in december i think the, the line has blurred a little bit right because they basically said okay outdoor dining and all of you service workers have to close you're not you know they're basically saying you're not essential or safe <laughs> even <laughs> though even though this whole year they've been telling us hey outdoor dining is safe any out, outdoor activities are safe. 
Um, but then on the flip side, um, indoor retail is open, right? So yeah, so yeah. yeah. So it didn't make sense for us, you know, I think just to us, the frustrating thing is the message was just not, you know, consistent. It's a stay at home order, encouraging people to stay at home, but then indoor dining, indoor retail is open. So you can still go to Nike store or the Apple store or go, you know, a crowd into Target, you know, um, that didn't make sense, right? If your order was to encourage people to stay at home, it definitely, it definitely didn't include um, staying at home from shopping. Um, so I think now it's gotten a little bit, you know, convoluted like you know what uh and we do feel very frustrated you know i think i think it's true that you know i, I you might have seen some posts about a restaurant owner basically saying you know you you, you know you you crowd into costco with 30 other people they're, you know there's social distancing signs but you know there's certain sections where you're really neck and neck next to people uh and we have you know little literally markers on our floors telling people where to stand and 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 you know we let people in our to use the bathroom one at a time and you know we put in all these safety measures and you know, they mentioned you're in a restaurant or a grocery store and you see people touching apples and picking up fruits yeah. and putting them back. And, and, you know, we are literally here with disinfecting pens, you know, um, and disinfecting menus upon every use. Uh, you know, we have, we have invested so much time and energy and money into safety me me measures that, you know, didn't seem like it was fair to that we had to close, but, you know, these massive large retailers were able to open and you know and even though they're kind of supposed to reduce capacity we've all seen some of the crowds at when going grocery shopping it's packed um so yeah so i think the line has just kind of been blurred and we are here kind of <laughs> we're here with you know we're trying to voice our concerns hoping that someone higher up will hear and our reasoning um but but I think the you know the best thing we can do is just kind of keep fighting and keep getting our verse, voices heard, um, and uh, and hopefully it'll result in us opening sooner than later. <laughs> so we'll see. Like I think you should run for some type of position in our local <laughs> government. <laughs> oh God, you know I wish. Local <laughs> mayor. Uh, for real, like that's where change I think does have it has like such an impact same thing with like hiring people who um, were former teachers or had a lot of educational backgrounds because you were right. you were there you were there you understand like what needs to change what policies don't work right, what policies right. are there just for appearance I don't know but yeah, I mean I think a lot of us you know you know for business owners that have to close their business and doing so you know willingly and, and abiding by the orders exactly. they're making a big sacrifice right they're sacrificing their livelihoods and um and I think a lot of us just basically wanted an answer say hey just I think because of our sacrifice we just deserve some answers just tell yes. us why you're shutting down our industry um and unfo and unfortunately we just you know recently had a hearing with the board of supervisors where we asked the interim health director hey why is it that you refuse to share contact tracing data and share uh, with us the data that led that led you to your decision making to close certain industries uh, and her answer was, oh, you know, we have that data, but we feel that it's inaccurate or incomplete, so we don't want to share. So that was a very, like, that wasn't the answer. It was a very frustrating well, answer. Well, then why are you but using that data if it's inaccurate? Why are you using it, yeah. right? And, and just prior to her saying that, you know, they, you know, the big, the line has been, you know, we follow science, we follow the data for every decision that we make. And when we asked them about data relating to these shutdowns, that was the answer. Um, so that was, I think, very unfair, um, uh, because I think I know a lot of people in the restaurant and bar and it feels like they're scapegoats. Like, you know, we are yeah. one to be blamed. We're the first to be shut down, you know, even though we all know that indoor gatherings and house parties and gatherings at home and, uh, you know, cross households are, are the one thing, the one reason for the spike, yes. uh, we are constantly being, 
uh, blamed for a lot of this, uh, even though there's been very little data pointing to the spread being happening at our establishments. And the data that we did get from places like New York showed that it was like 1.4% of COVID uh, exposure came from restaurants. So, so I think that was the frustrating thing. We were being told to close, sacrifice our livelihoods, stop our businesses, and yet uh, we're not giving any answers as to why our industry is the one that's targeted. So, you know, so yeah, we're kind of at this moment where a lot of people are frustrated. A lot of people, you know, are just desperate for a way to, to kind of, um, you know, provide for their families. So, you know, I think all of us are just anxious to kiss 2020 goodbye and then, <laughs> and just hope for some more, um, you know, reasonable decision-making in 2021. I hope so too. Yeah, that's a really good point on, um, just this lack of consistency, right? Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier, San Francisco was shut down, but San Mateo mm -hmm. County was open and we're right. right next to each other. And what, what happened is literally we were really quiet and then San Francisco shut down and everybody came here on the weekends, right? right? right. So if that doesn't make sense, you're gonna shut everything down, shut everything down. And then there's state by state that's different. Like you yes. said, some restaurants are open, you know, Right. And states just, just open and then some are only open outdoors and then in California and San Francisco now like everything's closed right. like where's that consistency and, right. and you know I I truly 100% believe the seriousness of this pandemic however I can see where the conspiracy comes from because like you said lack of evidence lack of transparency from the, our leaders are supposed to tell us why this is happening and why right. is it that this is happening in our neighborhood county, but it's not happening here, you know, shouldn't it all be the same? Absolutely. I think, I think the lack of consistency and somehow, and some, some of the shutdown rules were just so overboard uh, that people don't take it seriously. I think at a certain point you have to be reasonable. And I think one of the main concerns was that when you're like overly um, strict, um, mm. And the rules are impossible to follow. It actually leads to more people not following them and not taking it seriously. Yeah, so right. it ends up being counterproductive. Um, and, you know, I think we're starting to see this now. A lot of people are comparing California with some of the strictest lockdown guidelines in the nation, comparing that to places like Florida or even, even Las Vegas and places that have been kind of open mm. and the whole time. We are now actually doing worse than those places. <laughs> Um, which kind of, you know, just kind of goes to show, I think that, you know, I, I, I truly believe that having, like, you know, I used to say like all the people that were eating outside on our parklet, you know, I'm like, you know, if people that want to go out and also try with their friends, they're going to do it no matter what, you know, by having more and more outdoor spaces and more and more places for them to go actually spreads people out more, uh, gets them, gets them outdoors under heat lamps. But, you know, and, but once you take all of that away, there's literally nowhere to go. People are going to gather in their homes and have get together with friends and family inside where there are no mask rules, there's no sanitized pens and menus and, you know, six feet distancing. Um, you're basically, you know, you're basically creating um, the perfect environment that this, the health department has told us is how the virus spreads. So right. uh, we, you know, I definitely think most of us in our industry do not agree with closing outdoor dining. It's actually more detrimental to, um, you know, the spread of the virus. Yeah, that's actually one of my first thoughts. It was I was like, why did they close everything down during yeah. holiday season? This is literally yeah. everybody. You know, if they're not going to gather outdoors exactly. at like a restaurant, they're going to gather gather at home. You mm -hmm. know, which is like you said, ten times worse. But yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't but make any sense. Know, 
yeah it doesn't <laughs> now i understand why you were talking about the prohibition because now now this makes sense this type of <laughs> this type of analogy this is what oh. happened in the prohibition <laughs> yeah yeah i mean prohibition you know we you know it's funny because you know you know alchemist is kind of like a speakeasy type bar and you know mm. speakeasy were huge during prohibition and i think but that was okay because that wasn't a health crisis right it was literally just ban on alcohol i think right. i think if it was the same thing you know um now i think we i think you'd see more speakeasies popping up um, <laughs> you know I, I i'm more hopeful that you know what we you know you know what we've also learned is that following the 1918 pandemic was followed by the roaring 20s and a lot of people were saying oh now I know why everyone was dressed up all the time if you look at pictures they just dressed up yes. everywhere they went you know because yeah. you go a whole year you know you know stuck at home you know so what I'm really hoping for is that the coming year and as we get to recovery will be you know that that same kind of roaring 20s mentality no more sweatpants people. no more sweatpants <laughs> you know get you know you know, get dolled up look good and get out there you know so so I think that is uh, that is a glimmer of hope just kind of hoping that history repeats itself um, you know, so, um, and if it does, I'm, we're hopefully going to have a, a pretty fun few years to come. Well, I am really looking forward to that. And <laughs> uh, I'm sure all of our listeners are looking forward to that. And can you just let our listeners know, how can they find your, your bar and your restaurant? So uh, the Alchemist and Woodbury is located on uh, 3rd and Townsend Street uh, in San Francisco. The address is 679 3rd Street. Um, our, if you would like to order for takeout or delivery, our website is sfcocktails.com. Uh, and if you want to check out the bars when we reopen, uh, the website's alchemistsf.com and woodburysf.com. Um, but we hope, uh, we just hope for, wish everyone a happy new year, happy and safe new year. Uh, and hopefully we'll be back and slinging, slinging some good old fashioned booze <laughs> in 2021. Yeah. And we'll link all of that in our show notes. So they know awesome. where to look for you. Thank you so much, Phil, for coming on. I know this is really busy for you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate catching up with you. Yeah. Um, have a good rest of the evening and happy new year. Happy New Year. Thank you. Bye, Phil. Bye. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We really appreciate your support for our little podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it will mean the world to us if you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. This will help more people discover our podcast. You can find Lost and Refound podcast on Instagram at lost.and.refound. If you want to email us, you can do so at lostandrefoundpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I hope you stay positive and creative. Bye.